Well, welcome to this episode of the Fund Marketing Secrets Podcast. I am your co-host, Matt. Our other co-host is Baldwin Burgess. Hello. And our guest today is Kyle Dunn of Mailer Capital. And, and uh, Kyle, did I pronounce that correctly? Brilliantly. Well done. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, so, so, so Kyle, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what you do and who you do it for. Excellent. Um, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Baldwin. Um, yeah, we're, we're an agency that focuses exclusively on the alt sector. Um, all we do is help uh, hedge funds, private equity funds, venture funds, and everyone in between uh, market more professionally uh, in the effort to raise capital. That's pretty much sums up what we do. Yeah, Kyle, I, I remember when, when I first came across your work was uh, when, I, when I found your book titled Fight Smarter. That's already, I think it's five or six or seven years ago, right? Yeah, it would be almost, almost six years old now. Yeah, yeah, and I remember how that had an amazing impact on me. I mean, it, it completely changed the way I, I saw fund marketing because I'd been in the game for some time. I'd been raising capital for funds for various managers for years. And then, then I found your book and I, and I remember I just, I just flew through it in one sitting because it, it blew me away. It was, uh, it was, I, I was so, so inspired by how you used technology and, and, and you did it. So in such a prolific way to, to put that in the marketing process. And I remember ha having a chat with you afterwards and it was, I found that very fascinating. So, you know, you obviously were really ahead of the curve there. And, and, and I, and I, and I kind of sort of like, I kind of copied you, you know, I said like, this is great. I've got to, I got to tell people to do this as well. And I remember how difficult it was to get people to adopt these kind of ideas. And well, I'm curious now, like, where do you see technology uh, to create these better relationships? Do, do you feel like seven years later, you've actually been able to evangelize this? Uh, are, are people actually buying into this right now? Where, where do you see this? Yeah, where is, it, where is this going, or where do you see it going? I mean, give us an update. Um, well, it's not where it's going. It, it actually just caught up. Right. Um, like what what I was speaking about five years ago, six years ago. Now it, it seems to have just come to life in the last six months. Like we've seen a massive shift towards technology um, across the asset management community like people are understanding that they need to embrace technology in order to be successful marketers and i think it, it's it's simply because the industry has become so saturated there's so much noise out there the traditional ways to communicate uh, aren't that effective more to the point too people have changed like people don't want to read things people don't want to talk to people anymore um, they want to go and self-discover and if you don't have technology to track that discovery process, it is very, very challenging to determine who to speak to. So technology sorts through that process. It allows you to understand who's interested across a vast audience. And I like to say that it's, marketing is not about trying to communicate to or target 100 people. Marketing now is about communicating to a very broad audience. and watching and listening for those people to engage and then immediately following up on engagement. And, and that's the value of, of the marketing infrastructure and analytic platform that we, that we utilize. But I did also on the other hand is 
I guess another thing that we have is that technology also sort of allows us to build a much closer personal relationship, right? Um, well, it's, it's in a scalable it's, way. Right? Yeah, it, it does exactly that. Um, uh, and and if if you kind of look into what is effective, it is the personalization of marketing. Like generic, flat, kind of I don't know, loose marketing doesn't doesn't motivate people to engage people want to feel like you're talking directly to them and this has been created because every other industry is pushing to do that they 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 speak to you as a specific consumer as an individual and and marketing tools and marketing technology allow you to do that and and that's what people expect and people are booking hotels buying cars going on vacation that's how they are being marketed to and to think that they they you can get away with not providing that level of of personalization in in the asset space the alternative space is is just naive in my opinion. Kyle, we uh, we hear a lot of people uh, in in the, the the fund management business saying that uh, you know these these marketing automations those are good for for loose ties, but. Fund, fund management is a relationship business that uh, those tight relationships can't be automated or that the, the communication can't be automated. What's your, what's your take on that? You, you set me up beautifully with that question, right? That's mm-hmm. one of the biggest frustrations I have in this industry is that people always say it's relationship-based. Okay. Um, newsflash, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing isn't about talking to people you already know well. That's a relationship. That's sales. Marketing is talking to people you don't know and who don't know you exist. So I have yet to meet a fund manager that, that doesn't need to talk to people who don't know them. Mm-hmm. That's what marketing does, right? At some point, you have to start new relationships. You do not start new relationships asking someone for money. Right? Mm-hmm. It does the opposite. It slows the sales process down. In order to build relationships, you have to provide something to the party that you're trying to build relationships with. You have to earn the right to communicate to them. And when you think about how to do that, this turns back to why brand is important. Like in building an audience, you have to figure out what you're going to say to that audience in a consistent manner over time to build brand and build brand awareness. And most asset managers, most people in the alt sector haven't really slowed down to define the pillars of, uh, or the components that make up their brand or their brand strategy. Most people in this business can answer the question, are we on brand or off brand? Mm-hmm. And so similar to strategy drift, marketing drift runs rampant within the alt space. People design a tool and they say something, they design another tool, they say something else, they design another tool, they say something else. So their marketing message changes over time. And that's a sure way to break brand. Like, just do it. Nike doesn't change that often. Part of the process, I guess, is to force them to maybe, you know, zoom, zoom out of certain uh, adjacent ideas and really find what that core message is and then basically conquer one message at a time with a product. Is, is that how you would go to the work on it? Because what do you do with a manager who has... I do this and I do that and I do that, who has different value propositions. Well, but now you're talking about you just have to figure out how you layer your story. Right. Like, like that's all that that is. Like, would you ever put a paragraph on a freeway sign? 
No, right? Because people are moving too fast. So what this industry tends to do is they try to say too much too quickly. You can have a very complex story, a very complex brand strategy, but you still have to be damn smart about how you layer that story into an audience, into the market. Like, like you, you, you're not trying to establish your, your validity day one, your competency day one. You're competing for time. You're competing for, against Johnny's first bike ride. So you have to be very strategic in how you position your, your initial approach. And it has to be emotional. Why? Because like people are watching snakes eat alligators, right? You're, mm -hmm. That's what you're competing against. So if, if you don't have some level of emotional engagement or something that's interesting, um, when you're initially trying to build audience, you're going to struggle. Kyle, a, a big piece of your service is leveraging the, the power of video. You know, what, what are some of the fund houses that do it really well? Like, what are some good examples that our listeners could look at to, to see what could be done? Uh, we have a, a lot of, of really great samples on, on a site called MailerCreative.com. M-E-Y-L-E-R Creative.com. Um, there, there's some fabulous examples of, of video. There's one there with a pro surfer. Um, we have a world record holder in slacklining um, in a private equity video, a bunch of animated videos there. Um, so if you're interested to see what a video is uh, or examples of some sort of forward thinking videos, that, that's a good place to go. But video is important because it works in a mobile world. Um, it's, it's remarkable to us when we communicate, push into the industry, and we do it more than most. Um, over 50% of, of, of interaction with content is through mobile devices. That's, that's good reason why video is important, because people don't read 30-page decks on their phones, but they certainly watch a lot of video on their phones. Mm -hmm. um, but more to the point, video captures the charisma, passion, and conviction of a human being. And people always say to us, well, we're really good when we get in a room. Well, that's because you're, you're a dynamic, interesting person who has a huge amount of expertise about something, right? Of course, that's going to be engaging. So we always recommend like a video, you can capture you being at your best and, you, and, and saying exactly what you want to say without being interrupted. And if, if we capture that, then we can put that in rooms like on scale and and it's it's that's the value of it we can make sure that you get your message across but more to the point the technology behind videos we can watch people watch these videos in real time so focus on the person who watches uh video twice three times four times like you have to wake up and you have to figure out how you allocate your time you might as well focus on people who are heavily engaged in your content that's a better place to start than just randomly picking up the phone. That's yeah, extremely powerful. What do you say, Kyle, to people who are shy on camera or reluctant to do a video? We get a lot of listeners who they say, yeah, video is good in theory, but then they say things like, uh, you know, we don't have the resources to make our videos look nice. Or they say, you know, things like, I don't do well on camera, well, stuff like that. 
Well, people always say they don't have the resources, but then they'll get on an airplane, fly to London, stay in fancy hotels, and talk to people <laughs> who actually aren't really interested in it. So, budget always comes into play, but like I call BS a lot of the times on that because people are wasting more money in this industry than most industries. So it, it's about allocating dollars to the highest and best ROI of marketing, and this right. industry sure as hell doesn't measure that. So that's uh -huh. my first answer to that. Okay. Um, and that's, that's another topic of discussion, I guess, the measurement of that. Yeah. Yeah. But on, on being good on camera, like there's a whole bunch of, of opportunities around that. We don't have to have someone on camera, like the kinetic text and animated videos that we create can, can be very dynamic, engaging and interesting. So that's one option, mm. but it's also how we create these videos, right? We, there's no scripts. There's no, sort of structure on what you have to say. We just sit and talk to people very much like this interview. And within 20 minutes, 30 minutes, people tend to forget they're being filmed and they start talking and acting like a human being. And we start capturing really strong content, even mm -hmm. if they're more reserved and, and don't have that kind of like sort of presence in a room. They, they, these people are typically very intelligent, very smart, very capable. Right. That does come across in how we film these videos and produce these videos. So my, my main kind of point there is don't don't worry about it. Be yourself and 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 we'll, we'll capture awesome, awesome content. Yeah. And then again, I mean, it doesn't have to be studio production quality because I've, I think it's if it's overproduced, it becomes less credible. I guess if you have a decent iPhone filming with right lighting and, and, and a sort of a nice background. Yeah. But it's still, it's still well, homemade. People are going to see it as more credible than also, right? What did you, th well, what you think? Well, yes that? and no. Like there's, there's, there's two forms of, of video content, content right. in, in general for that matter. There's branded content and more social content. Right. There, there, there's something to be said for the credibility and production value of branded content because mm -hmm. it, it's seen as more professional it establishes you as as someone that has the capacity to invest. It's it's just a lot more credible. Social content is the iPhone content, and and you budgets typically don't allow for a ton of branded content because those are more professional, higher production value videos and and lighting matters. But the biggest thing with a good video is sound. Like you you can't. Yeah without professional gear, professionals, professionals doing it, like sound is always a struggle. Mm. So you, you want to balance your, your branded content with the social content, which is the videos on the iPhone and all those sort of things, which is, is fabulous. And, and it is all about altering the form that, that information takes into the audience to keep them engaged and interested. And so that it doesn't fall into a pattern of which they start to ignore. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest, in my opinion, at least one of the biggest missed opportunities often is so most managers, they send out a quarterly report or even a monthly report. But if you could probably capture a few minutes on video with the portfolio manager, actually, you know, in a few paragraphs saying what's on his mind. And you know, that also obviously creates a stronger relationship of trust with the investor. Right? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it, you're absolutely correct. Like a, it feels more intimate. It feels more personalized when you can watch a video and people want that 
today, right? But it also is unique, right? It's it's still in this industry different. And mm. different different that is credible is an opportunity, a marketing opportunity. And and, and that creates tension. Like marketing tension is what pulls people towards you. And tension simply occurs and someone runs into something that's different but done very professionally, very credibly. And that's why I think that concept would work ex- extremely well. And more to the point, it comes right back to people don't read anything anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not going through these long investment letters. They get halfway through the first paragraph and then something pings on some device and they're gone, right? So videos are much faster way to present information versus reading yeah and that's a good segue towards the measurement of uh, of of you know what's being of the interaction with your content i remember back then years ago you're the first one who ever showed me wistia i remember you called it your secret weapon back then where you can actually see how people are engaging with your video content you can see the timeline and all that man that changed my my marketing yeah. entirely that was yeah, amazing totally. yeah because we, I, what I started to do, I had trouble getting my guys on, on camera then. But what I started doing, I started making these little animations of like two or three minutes to explain some sort of a concept, an investment concept. And then you can actually check out who was watching those. And then you, you, know, you had a, a much sharper pipeline. It was fascinating. What are the newest technologies that you're using for that kind of stuff? Are there any new discoveries that you've made in the last few years? Like, I don't know whether there's new technologies. Uh, like, people in this industry still aren't utilizing the existing technologies. The, the one sort of real big shift though, it's, it's moving away from a MailChimp type of situation into an automated platform type of situation. These, your sales source, these are Pardot's, the HubSpot's, the Marketo's, the Axon, like, like right. those are the systems that are, are becoming commonplace. Um, but again, like what, people have to understand none of this stuff is proprietary. These, these are tools that uh, Joe's potato chips is using to market their products. Like it's, it's, it's everywhere, but here. And, yeah. and the most powerful opportunity you have in marketing, it's, it's generating lead score across an audience. Like I think what has truly changed in marketing in the alt sector is before I used to be able to go to like 50 relationships and raise a bunch of money because you are one of the few people that they were talking to. The problem that you have is those 50 people now have access to so much information that they can't just invest with their friends or their relationships because there's 30 other funds with numbers that are comparable. So right. they're, they're, the parameters around the, the investment requirements don't allow them just to say, okay, we're going to go with this, my friend Joe. Right. So that's why like building audience and understanding how to connect to a larger group of people is important because you can't accomplish what you used to be able to accomplish with 50 relationships anymore. But lead score is, is how that happens, right? All a lead score is, it's you model behavior based on the behavior of someone who has invested. So say someone spends time on your website, watches a video, um, looks at your deck twice, looks at your bios four times, watches a video. If if an investor does that, and then you create points around those things. And so if anyone else starts to do those things, um, a red flag goes up. So what happens is this lead score 
automatically prioritizes your your interest list. Like I don't ever wake up and say I'm going to focus on a given person. I wake up and I I call and engage people that I had no intention of engaging four hours earlier. So that that's what you have to do in in a modern world. All of that information is there. You just have to access it. And a lot of people in this business don't. That's just unbelievable technology that uh, and each solution comes at a, yeah, I mean, you're going to spend more money on that one flight than what you would put down for all this, you know, cutting edge, yeah. insightful technology in a month. I know, it's, it's amazing. Well, but, but imagine, like, imagine if you, if the, the real benefit of these things is, is when you get a lot of data, right? So say, say you've been running these, these systems for two years, three years, right? And so say you've, 100 LPs have come in. If of those 100 LPs, if every single one of them has watched your video twice, as an example, it could be any kind of different kind of action, but let's just say they watch the video twice. So if 100 out of 100 people have watched the video twice, and someone is saying, we're very interested, and you've sent them that video, and they have, they have not watched it, or they shut it down after 10%, like, don't get on an airplane and go meet with them. Exactly. Because the data is telling you that they're blowing smoke, that they're not truly interested because they're not emulating the behavior of every other investor. Mm-hmm. So this, this is a way that you can qualify and, and prioritize what you do as a marketer within the space. I guess the same goes, for example, if an investor does not want to have a first meeting with you on a video screen, that means that there's probably not that much of an intention either, right? All right, so exactly. Yeah. And and like everyone goes like, well, it's, this is not specific to my situation, or this, we're different, right? What people have to understand is every marketing situation is different. We're not saying that you can stop doing what you're doing. This is all designed to complement what you do every day, right? You, there are those people who will never watch a video. Um, there are people who never click on emails, and that's not to say they're not important. All we're doing is, is saying this just complements what you're doing every day. You can access this information or not access this information. I have yet to meet a single individual that would say they would rather not have this data. It just helps the process, but it's still a hard process. But it's like the casino business. Like we just change the odds from 49% to 52, 55%. Yeah. And, and that's what technology marketing tech does. Man, there's all these tools. I'm about to, uh, I'm about to give a, a spin on Doxify. I don't know if you know that solution. It's kind of the same thing yeah, as that, but for documents, right? So you can actually see how yeah, people- Yeah, well, that, that's documents. all the rage right now. We use Docsend, it's, it's fabulous. Like it, it's massively inter- interesting to watch how people engage with marketing tech. People sweat over their debt, spend hours and hours, hundreds of hours and hundreds yeah. of conversations. And when you have tools to actually account for how people engage in your marketing deck, people don't spend any time on these damn things. No. They rip through them in two minutes, one minute, and they never go back most of the time. And, and so like we, we have an industry that is fixated on a tool that actually isn't really used. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's like an obligation, right? It gets filed away and yeah, you know. It's, uh, it, 
yeah, it, it's like a, uh, it's like the conch in Lord of the Flies, or like <laughs> you basically have to hand your marketing deck to someone, and and that means you're now allowed to speak to them. So, uh, Kyle, let's uh, let, let's switch gears here a little bit, and and uh, let's talk about the the limiting beliefs of managers, and so 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 tell us uh, like. What, in your opinion, are some of the the biggest limiting beliefs that you think that managers have when it comes to to marketing their funds? The biggest belief, the misbelief, is that all the managers performance. Mm-hmm. Like if if you're a manager and you think that, and that's all that you think, you're in trouble because mm-hmm. I don't know how many times that the alt industry has to demonstrate to itself that performance doesn't drive allocation. It's, it's fascinating. I think people in this space have to acknowledge that they're just as much in the marketing business as they are in the investment business. Mm-hmm. Like Ray Dalio isn't on Twitter now because he wants to be He's <laughs> on Twitter now to build brand. Right. Uh, uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. Like, it and, sounds and like music to our Ray, ears. <laughs> like Ray Dalio, he, he's not the one writing this stuff. Like mm-hmm. he's not sitting there. I read something about how his characteristics relate to Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. Like Ray Dalio doesn't have time to write that stuff. Someone within his organization creates this stuff mm-hmm. to, to personalize how people view this mega hedge fund. Right, they they want to associate Ray as a human being with their with their firm, mm-hmm. and 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 that's smart, mm. and and that's why like Bridgewater continues to do what it's doing. This uh, th- this this limiting belief that uh, how did you put it that uh, uh, performance is everything. Uh, what what do you think uh, causes that belief? Why are all these people thinking that? God knows. <laughs> I I don't know, right? Like, like I think they think that because someone in in the schoolyard when they were in young investment bankers said marketing <laughs> is for losers, uh-huh. right? Like like I I don't know why there's so much statistical evidence that demonstrates that performance isn't all that matters in the marketing process in in the raising assets process it's it's helpful i'm not saying you don't need performance i'm just saying that's like bmw sort of saying our car works well (laughs) Uh right of course of course it works well it has to work well it's a given now like if you don't have performance you're dead but do you have to be the best performer god no and every single (laughs) thing that happens every single day demonstrates that so if you live by the sword go ahead Sorry, if, it, just if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Like if if, if all you're going to say is that you're you perform, if you don't perform, you should give the money back. And this is what mm-hmm. drives me crazy too, because <laughs> this industry uses this big word called integrity, right? And they talk about everyone says we have we have integrity. Well, you, you kind of don't, because when your performance does falter, you don't rush out and redeem everyone's money. And that's that's kind of not it's counterintuitive, right? That mm. not having integrity. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it, it's a funny world. 
Yeah, but it's a really enshrined belief because I guess, now to, to be frankly, to be frank with you, I think uh, I was also totally indoctrinated by this importance of performance until I found your book, really. Really, you, you, I mean, what I found so refreshing is you're blatantly saying, hey, I'm not from around here. And what is wrong with you people? That's kind of the message that, <laughs> that you know, I love that. And then I think when I met Matt, I had that experience all over again because Matt also comes in from the outside. And all, Matt, you were asking all these questions as well. And we're like, yeah, what is wrong with us anyway? I mean, what is <laughs> well, and like, I'm, I'm not to say I haven't been beat up. Like this industry has yeah. beat me down in certain ways. And I've, I've learned a lot since I've, I've written that book. But there's, oh. there's core components of that, that book that still hold that, that, in my opinion, can't be challenged. But that doesn't mean that I, I haven't grown in terms of how I, I perceive the industry and, and uh, I've come to, to really admire and respect mm. how hard it is to, to do what these people do. Um, I'm just put up my hand and sort of say, like, you're the most sophisticated investors on the planet why would you not want the most sophisticated marketing to align with your investment strategy? It, it, it just seems like a, a, a rational, intelligent, logical, quantitative, systematic thing to do. I see that there's, that there's a shift going on. I think, I think it's finally happening. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty well, bullish about this whole thing. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like, like when I started this, six years ago like people looked at me like I was a complete alien and I really haven't changed anything that I've been saying it's just now people seem to agree with me <laughs> which is it's a strange sort of thing to have, have watched and to, to have been a part of but people are talking about brand and, and what it means to be a brand and and I think the industry has just realized that it's no longer cool right? It's just an industry. It's, it's competitive. It's saturated. Like there's 10,000 plus hedge funds out there, right? So or more than things that, yeah. like brands are, are beginning to, to reign supreme because you, you have to, to build loyalty and you can't build loyalty on performance because that would mean you'd always have to perform. And we all know that doesn't happen. So you have to build loyalty around other attributes that aren't based on performance because that way you can maintain those through the good times and the bad times. And that's why brand strategy is valuable. Yeah. And it's, and it's, there's actually evidence of it. I mean, I don't know top of my head, if I take the Philadelphia Eagles, they had fans all these years before they had to come back, you know, they still had you know people come into the stadium, right? Uh, so that, yeah, you, you yeah can actually, like, you, if you do this right, you sort of have your your one thousand fans that can keep carrying you. I guess if you if you know yeah. how to build that relationship when you keep going at it, the good thing is technology yeah, is going to help you keep keep the you know the pace of doing that. Right? Yeah, well, you you just need the technology to maintain the awareness. You can no longer do that without the technology. But my favorite story, like I come from northern Canada, like everyone drives a truck. Like you have people who buy Ford trucks because they're, they're Ford trucks. Like even when it's really evident, the GM or Dodge is better, but they buy Ford because they're Ford people. Mm. Like I just stood back and, and looked at that and says, why do those people always buy Ford? What makes them so loyal to Ford? Mm. 
And when, when you really dig into that question and then you, you kind of juxtapose that across the alt sector, like I don't name your fund, like the, the pure objective of that fund is to create the atmosphere that Ford created. We're gonna stick with this fund because we believe in them. They're good people. They're doing the right things, right? All of that can happen and the performance could be subpar, but they stick with it. At a certain point, the Ford truck eventually has to be one of the better ones, right? That's no different than, than like a given fund, hedge fund, private equity fund. At a certain point, they have to stand up and perform. Yeah. You just want to build loyalty and brand through the, through the tough times. That's a pretty huge thing you said there, yeah. They're good people. They do the right things. We trust them. So you don't always have to speak about your fund and your performance or whatever. It's, a, it's just, you know, we're, the, we're good people. We do the right things. You can trust us. That's probably most of the message anyway, right? Yeah. And, and like when you think about it, the last thing you should, should talk about is performance. Because then you look like a greaseball when you don't perform and you, you <laughs> sort of say, well, you should still invest with us because we're good people. It doesn't work. You can't say you're best with us because we perform and then change your tune when you don't perform. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work. Like you lose all credibility as a brand, as a fund. Kyle, you've mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, you, you were talking about uh, trucks and, and Ford and, and other truck brands. Uh, what other industries outside of fund management, what other industries do you draw inspiration from? What are some of the models of good behavior that you like to keep an eye on? I, I think everyone needs to watch like, like the big, the big advertisement industries out there. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think you can always learn from what Coca-Cola is doing and, and what Nike does and what, um, Tesla does and like these, these big, big companies because they're in the forefront of, of building brands. So observing that is, it's incredibly valuable. It's, it's asking yourself, why does Nike do what they do? Um, why does Apple perform like they perform? And you can learn a lot from that. Um, I draw a lot of, of my understanding of, of, the importance of building brand and telling a unique story and from my background selling real estate i launched condominium projects around the globe and oftentimes i'd be launching towers literally across the street from each other the mm -hmm. actual product between those two towers was pretty similar yet we worked so hard to make each tower and each condominium feel like it was something different mm -hmm. and when i got into the the fun marketing space eight years and almost nine years ago now I looked at my marketing deck and I looked at the other marketing decks and they all said the same thing in the same way it just made no sense to me like why would you not try to differentiate how you position your fund against the competition mm. that just seems like smart a smart thing to do and and to do that you have to to focus on the evolution of language. You can't say that you mitigate risk and think that anyone's gonna give a damn because everyone else is saying they mitigate risk. <laughs> oh, man, right. and I, you've been there as well. I mean, you can, you can sit in these, in these meeting rooms and have heated debates about, no, but all the others are, you know, this is what investors expect to see. Uh, this is a, th those are endless discussions, I know. Hopefully they're gonna start getting better, but yeah, that was, that's a tough well, one. 
if if you if you're talking to LPs now, their greatest mm-hmm. frustration is they're bored. Like yeah. they they want something unique and different and and interesting. Like because like the hedge funds A B C D and E, they're all the same. Private equity, they seem to all say the same thing. Like how do you how do you differentiate? Yeah, and, and also and, I guess the gatekeepers have to be able to. Uh, they also want to. Uh, you know, take a different story to the investment committee, right? Or to the yeah. other stakeholders. Well, like, well job either, and right? more to the point, it's mm. it's not just that. Sometimes you're just competing for, for mindshare, for FaceTime. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to be different if if you're the one they're looking at. Mm. So, so how do you, if you're not the one they're looking at, how do you emerge as the one they're looking at? You do that by creating engaging content up front to get in the door. Yeah. Right. You you can't break into that scene, that scenario by saying the same thing as everyone else, doing the same right. thing as everyone else. It doesn't work that way. That's why we do private equity videos with a world record holder in Slack lining. That's why we do with professional surfers. Like we just recently did a video with with a hedge fund featuring a woman who was attacked by a great white shark. Like <laughs> why? Because it's interesting. Like the, the one video, it starts with like, my name is Eleanor Dency and I was attacked by a great white shark. Like, I have yet to meet anyone who stops watching the video after they hear that intro. Wow. Always so refreshing to speak with you, Kyle. It's been a while, but I'm really glad that we got a chance to have this chat again. Um, I, I really hope that the listeners um, go to your site, mailercapital.com. I really, really, really highly recommend you read that book, Fight Smarter. Uh, it's an eye-opener. It's very well articulated. And what else, what else uh, should people know about you, Kyle? Uh, uh, what, what else what would you um, suggest they do to, uh, to get to know your work better? Uh, like Mailer Creative, is, it's uh, an interesting site with a lot of different examples of all the different things that we do. Um, there's a kind of a hidden site called Mailer Approach, uh, M-E-Y-L-E-R approach.com, which um, kind of captures our approach. Um, two things that I think are, are, are hugely valuable in what we're doing and, and that I don't think many people are doing with our experiences. The work we're doing around brand strategy and, and value graphics. Um, we are working with an individual who has redefined um, how you engage an audience and it's focused on values instead of demographics and psychographics. If you, if you communicate and, and respect someone's values, they're much more likely to engage. Uh, so the, the work we're doing around that, it's, it's revolutionary, not just for the alt space, but for all industries. And, and we're on the forefront of that. Um, so Certainly, if, if you're interested in learning more about that, we'd love to talk to you. Um, I think our work with uh, communication and analytics is it's leading edge within the industry. It's really valuable, though, to understand. It's not about a single software solution. It's, it's not about just running a, a, a type of software. It's, it's how to use a variety of different digital tools to enhance your marketing process and mm. and we've developed a really strong expertise ar- around that for asset managers and 
and that's kind of exciting and, and very valuable. And and on top of those things, the the, the brand strategy guides the creation of, of your stories and your materials. Um, the marketing technology is what brings value to those materials and 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 shows you um, and 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 helps you guide how you allocate time. And, and time is it's the most important asset that you have, and you you just don't want to be wasted by calling people who really don't care about what you're doing. Yeah. Now the value graphics guy, I, I I think on your suggestion, I watched some of his videos. That guy really is on a mission. Yeah, yeah, he 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 comes across extremely convincing. He's very good on yeah, camera. You know, he's very, very yeah. It's, it's David Allison. He's he's a right, colleague yeah. and, a, and, a, and a, a very good friend of mine. And um, he he is changing how some of the largest marketers in the world think about um, marketing. It, it's it's revolutionary in what he's doing, and, and we're fortunate enough to have an inside track on that, and and we're applying that to um, the alt sector, which. Like it's it's interesting because it is some of the the most advanced leading edge kind of marketing theory that that exists on the planet, um, and the alt sector mm -hmm. is actually engaged mm -hmm. in it and it's starting to use it, which is which proves everything. It's because this industry is now starting to embrace marketing and and wanting to be better marketers and professional marketers and all those things. So it, it, it's exciting stuff. All right. Wow. Okay, Kyle. Well, you know, we're running, um, running up to the hour now and, and I know you have to get on with things. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, yeah. Thank you conversation. Um, I have a feeling yeah, I, that we may have a few more conversations about specific topics with you because there's a lot to learn. Wonderful. Well, if you have any more questions, let me know. If anyone has any interest, we, we love talking to people. So, track is fine. Yeah, if we get the question, we'll certainly uh, route them to you, so uh, they can get your you, you can get they can get your insights on them. Yeah, and they, they, thanks for being being with us today, Kyle. Awesome. Excellent. I hope it was helpful. Yeah, it really was. At least for me, it was. I, I guess the audience will appreciate it. Uh, and uh, hey, you're starting your day out there, so have a good one. Yeah, you bet. Talk to you guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.